Welcome to Punches and Punchlines, where we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor. And now, your hosts, Fritz and Franco. Welcome back, Punter Maniacs. We appreciate you returning. Uh, I know we said we'd have an episode last week, but the Queen had uh, other ideas. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so to anybody out there that was affected by that, I don't know. But if you love the Queen, then uh, my <laughs> condolences to you. I'm from the states, so. I have no idea what anything like that is like. So if it uh, was something that uh, touched you, condolences to you. But I thought she could have held out a few more days to uh, help out the other women on that card. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Women helping women, whatever happened to that, you know, but it, it, it wasn't meant to be. So we came back this week with the big pay-per-view of Canelo Triple G. And are you ready for the, this uh, this breakdown, Franco? Yeah, I can't wait to break this down with the Punchaholics. You know, God save the king now and uh, all that good stuff. I, my wife is obsessed with all the royal stuff. So unfortunately, it has affected my life because now that's on my TV instead of Monday night football, which is awful. But yeah, let's go ahead and get on into these fights. Saul Alvarez, 32 years old, coming into 57, two and two versus Gennady Golovkin, 40 years old, coming in at 42 one and one now before we even get into this fight franco i thought the spectacle of this whole card was uh during the anthems all right yeah the the united states anthem was uh was performed well yeah the national anthem of mexico was performed exceptionally beautiful i i will uh, <laughs> who did the who did the u.s national anthem oh god I don't even remember. He had a great voice, though. Yeah. I can't well, remember who it was. You said it was Uncle Phil. And oh, yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely Uncle Phil. I was trying Rest to set peace, you up. Uncle Phil. Yeah, I was trying to set you up for your own joke. Uh, yeah, I didn't yeah. want to steal it from you, but it certainly did look like uh, Uncle Phil. And the Kazakh anthem was so uncomfortably bad. Yeah. It was so obvious that it was lip synced. Mm -hmm. It was so obvious that Ashley Simpson was at home embarrassed for this dude. Yeah. She's like, oh, God, this is you're embarrassing yourself, dude. Like, thanks for taking me off of the worst lip syncer ever like this. Mm -hmm. It was so bad. You know, like all you have to do is be average. As long as you're average or above, people will never even remember your national anthem singing. All right. But when you go from below average to terrible, people will <laughs> talk about it. And that's what I, I could not start talking about this fight without start talking about just how shitty that lip sync goes like two seconds in we're like this dude's lip syncing yeah oh it felt disrespectful it yeah. was so bad and then even better so we're calling it as he's doing it we're like he's clearly lip singing oh my god this is embarrassing and weird and awkward and then the song ends and he goes to like yell stuff into the microphone, be like, you know, oh, long live Kazakhstan or whatever he was going to say. Microphone wasn't on. So right. he's yelling into a microphone that's off. And then they turned it on. They're like, oh, turn it. I guess he wants the microphone on now. <laughs> yeah, right. It was, it was, it was so, so bad. So obscene. So I digressed on that long enough, I think. Let's get into this fight, Franco. This was the third chapter that I was not looking forward to, but. As a fan of both of these fighters, I was not going to miss it. All right. Yeah. 
there was no point, you know, maybe an immediate rematch after that second one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was not four years later. This was not something I was looking forward to, but happily paid my money and sat there and watched this. I will say this. There was enough highlights in this fight to match one of the rounds in the first fight. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the amount of good shots landed in this whole fight was some of the better rounds in the earlier fights. Like this was such a shadow of what those two previous first fights are. Yeah. That it was kind of a letdown. I will say this Canelo, in my opinion, finally beat triple G. I'll say that Yeah. in my heart and on my scorecard, that first fight absolutely went to Gennady Golovkin in the second fight. I scored that one a draw, but this one, there is a, it was a zero doubter that this went all Canelo. I think as a guy, I I wasn't scoring it live, Mm -hmm. but I didn't even see triple G turn anything on until what the eighth, the ninth round. Like it was crazy. It was very late. You know, maybe he was, you know, he's 40. Maybe he's like, Oh, it's getting close to my bedtime. I better, I better start getting ready to go to bed. You know? So he's, you know, was giving it his last little bit. And yeah, it was, uh, it was not, a great end to the trilogy but it's an end to it and yeah. <laughs> you know i liked that any of the bullshit they were doing to try to sell the fight leading up to it was already over by the time the uh the fight was over they touched gloves before the 12th they did a big hug afterwards and they're two fantastic hall of fame fighters for sure that shared the ring for 36 rounds landed some fantastic shots real thunderous shots without buckling any time so no. this fight by itself wasn't really a treat but if you look at it, the whole package which i'm trying to do to for a positive spin yeah <laughs> uh it was still you know 24 rounds of wonderful and 12 rounds of good so that's that's not a it's not a bad price to pay for uh any fight let alone you know a trilogy yeah, that feels fair. I, I think Golovkin hit the nail on the head at the very end after the fight. He said this was like a chess match, and it was. It was like watching two great chess players, but it was about as exciting as watching two great chess players. Right. Like you can appreciate the thinking and the strategy that went into everything, but you could tell they had already beat the hell out of each other for 24 rounds, and both guys were kind of like, I don't need one of those to catch me. Because right. it could potentially put me down, even though these are two dudes that they don't hit the mat. Like these neither are just- one of them. I, I could be wrong. I'm sure I'll get a message if I am. So mm-hmm. I'll just go forward with this. Neither one of them has hit the mat in their career. So for you know anybody like, oh, this is going to go to a knockout. Really, for a guy who's never even been knocked down, you know, like Bernard Hopkins in the lead up to the fight was like, oh, I'm I'm thinking Triple G is too old. He's going to get knocked out in this fight. He, the dude's never even hit the mat. So yeah, I get it that Canelo is fantastic, but you so know, triple let's, G. let's not forget the triple G is as well. Yeah, totally. And the hype leading up to it was good. And I was kind of like, I was looking forward to the fight, but I wasn't super amped up for it. Right. But the video packages that they played right before triple G does not talk shit. Those video packages played and Triple G's video package was almost like a political ad. He was like, oh, do you like Canelo Alvarez? He's always running and he cheats. Oh, yeah. Triple G. I was like, right. oh, man. Like he went in super hard on the video package. And then Canelo came out with Alejandro Fernandez. That got me more excited for the fight than any of the other pre-fight stuff. And then the fight happened and it was good. And both guys were landing big shots. But at, at no point was I was like, oh, my God. 
this is so exciting. Like I wanted both guys to come out swinging for the fences. Instead, it was like, I don't know if you've ever seen in Japan for their baseball all-star game where they do the bunting challenge and they have to bunt the ball down the line and get it to stop on a big target. And you're like, (laughs) oh, the skill involved in that. Like that's, this was more like that. It's like, it's still interesting, but I wasn't like jumping out of my seat. Interesting is definitely a good way to put it. It was, you know, their first time they fought each other, it was unanimous fight of the year. This yeah. wasn't even fight of the night. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there was a fight in the parking lot that had more action than this one. <laughs> but there was definitely some more fun stuff on the undercard than this one. So, yeah, there's zero chance of fight of the year. Didn't get even get fight of the night. It was a nice bow. Canelo finally beat Triple G. In the record books, it will go down as 0-2-1 for Triple G. But in my head, it's one, one, and one for both guys. I know a lot of people agree with me because I've I've, re- I've watched the Twitter, Franco, and uh, a lot of people agree with me, especially so you those want, that you are want the fourth fight. Yeah, no, I want. <laughs> I, I don't want that. Rubber maybe, match. Maybe five years ago that would be great, but no way. I want this to be done. I, I'm glad that it is. Yeah, and it sounds like it is. And Triple G, you know this wasn't like an embarrassing way for him to wrap up the trilogy. He stayed on his feet the whole time against one of, you know, the both of them are great fighters and are going to go down as some of the greatest in their weight classes. So like this was a good wrap up for him. Like he still looked good. He saved face at the end of it. But now I'm kind of curious to see where both of them go. It sounds like Canelo is going to take a break because yeah. his one hand was jacked up. Uh, and so he's saying that he need like he can't even hold a glass of water because his hand is so weak. So hopefully he heals up well. And when he comes back, maybe it'll be against the ball i don't know we'll see but either way i'm excited for when he does come back yeah canelo said in interviews since then that he's going to take his time it'll either be may or september so he might have a full year off you know after having the busiest 2021 and then been pretty busy this 2022 as well he can take some time off dude you know he's he's an independent contractor take some time (laughs) let those let those wounds heal and get back I guess the WBA has already ordered Golovkin versus Ursadi Lara to oh. combine to get rid of their their bullshit second belt. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we could be seeing Lara versus Triple G soon. Sucks yeah. to be Lara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, thank you very much for joining us again this week. We appreciate you subscribing. We appreciate you listening. You know, if you have an extra minute and you're listening on Apple, leave us a review. We haven't uh, asked for that in a little bit. You know, it's always always good to see positive reviews, so I'll take it. They try to tell us all the time, Franco, that you can't play boxing. And we prove them every wrong. Uh, prove them every wrong. That's dumb. I'm dumb. Uh, we <laughs> You're not them, dumb, Fred. <laughs> we prove them wrong every week with our uh, segment called Playing Boxing, uh, where we'll go through the undercard. Franco, what was your favorite fight of the undercard? Ooh, good question. I'm going to have to go with Mark Castro. Because I feel like I wasn't disappointed in that one. I it w- So first things first. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Mark Castro fight. Uh, I would have said the Ammo Williams versus Kieran Conway fight. However, I lost money on that one. So screw that fight. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, uh, the Mark Castro fight, the knockout was a lot of fun. Also, he's got his giant horse teeth. That's always entertaining to see those things come blasting out. I need to see him bite somebody with those things. I'm pretty sure they would just bleed out and die in the ring. I'm pretty sure we're going to see it at some point. A Mike Tyson-esque bite, and it'll be glorious. Yeah, for anybody who's not seen Mark Castro fight, 
I will paint a picture. They are the nicest, pearliest white teeth. <laughs> Maybe on planet Earth. Like this, the dude to do like toothpaste commercials, they're so goddamn white. Yeah. And they're perfect. There's not a thing, uh, not one is crooked or jacked up. There's nothing wrong with this dude's teeth. They're just, they're big and they're so goddamn white and so perfect that they just look odd because they're so perfect. It's just weird. And then it, I'd say go to his box rec page, but that wouldn't do any justice because he's got a scowl on his face and he yeah. looks like, uh, like Herman Munster. It's like, yeah. there's, so you gotta do a, an image search for him maybe, and just see his, uh, his teeth. He's a good looking dude, giant white teeth. Yeah. Totally knocked that dude. Murdered him. Uh, yeah. Like just folded him up like a goddamn accordion. And I'm sure that dude is still hurting. I don't even remember his name. Uh, Kevin Montiel. I, I, yeah. Montiel Mendoza. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he got just massacred that yeah. uppercut hit. And it was one of those where when they, you kind of saw it in real time. And then on the replay, you really saw it. And it was like, Holy shit, that guy's yeah. going to die. Like it was brutal. Yeah, he got hit so hard. It's only Montiel now. He had to leave one of his <laughs> names in the ring. Like that's Half how his hard ancestors are gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how hard he got hit. Um, so that fight was fun. Um, mm-hmm. The Ammo Williams fight was fu- was fun from what I saw it. I only saw it from like the sixth round on, and I thought Ammo was hanging with the dude who can be tricky. I worked with a uh, comedian, Karrion Conway, that uh, I did not enjoy working with. <laughs> um, so every time Karrion Conway, the boxer, fights, for no reason, I shit on him, root against him. So this was a happy night for me. Um, <laughs> I was just, rooting for him. I, I threw money on him. And when I when it, I saw him hit the mat, I was like, oh, that's what I wanted to do to Karrion Conway, the, the comedian. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Ammo. Kind of a disappointer in the in the fight was the Rosado versus uh, Ali Akhmadov. Yeah. yeah. It, and I'm only saying it was disappointing because We've seen Gabe Rosado in some of the most fun fights. The dude is way better than his record states. I just think he's willing to take on any challenge. I've seen him fight. I think in this past year at 160 and 168, like he will just take fights. He was waiting for the one shot and Ali was not going to let him, you know, he would land Mm -hmm. combinations and keep him at bay. So I don't blame Akhmadov for not leaving himself open for uh, another knockout. The only knockout loss he has is to Gangora when he got a head on the cards and then was going for a knockout and took one on the chin. So I don't blame him for keeping his distance to Rosado. I just couldn't believe, too, that with only three fights to go, Gabe Rosado's uh, on the on the lineup. You see that on your ticket. I can't understand how nobody was in their seats for the Gabe Rosado fight. Shit, half the people weren't even in their seats for the Bam Rodriguez fight. Yeah, that was really weird. Like, I get it if you're not there for like the first two fights or whatever. But yeah, the fact that it's already the second to last fight and it's against, you know, these are good fighters that are fighting and it really was super, super empty. Like it wasn't for anybody that didn't see it. It wasn't one of those deals where, oh, there's a lot of empty seats. It was like there was like 50 people in their seats. It was yeah, it was crazy ridiculous how empty it was. And they were far back. Like it's not yeah. like it was just the people in front. It was they were like way the hell in like the crappy seats in the back. And this was a huge crowd for this fight. Wasn't it like 19,000 people? Yeah, it was 
it was one but the time the main event got there it was packed it was crazy but i just couldn't believe that for the co-main event there was it was still pretty empty and the only excuse that i will accept is that if every casino around there just had the hottest craps tables (laughs) in the world right when the car what right when the card was supposed to start you know because i could see you know like oh we got to leave after this roll you know and then it just keeps going I've seen my stack of chips go up big, you know, a dude once a two month roll for close to 40 minutes. Once when I was oh, Jesus playing, Christ. dude, it was the most incredible run I've ever seen. I thought that they were going to refelt the table pretty soon. <laughs> uh, but then the dude finally rolled a seven, the whole table, like just gave him a round of applause. We sent him a, a, a couple drinks for like, this dude was incredible. So See, I, I just pictured you guys lifting him up like Rudy, like throwing yeah. him up on your shoulders and carrying him around the casino. Yeah, I think he was, you know, it was uh, me and Chad at, at the casino, you know, the height difference, the guy would have been, you know, my shoulder and Chad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So, or Eric's was there too. So it would have been Eric's shoulder and my head, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, there was no good common ground there. But the one thing I'll say on that undercard with Bam Rodriguez, exactly with, with the main event, I didn't, I thought the right guy won in the uh, Bam Rodriguez versus uh, Israel Gonzalez. And I thought the right guy won Canelo Alvarez versus Gennady Golovkin. But I just did not like those scorecards. Yeah. And a lot of people make fun of dudes that are like, oh, you only like them because, you know, you, you only watch the knockouts or you only do this. The beauty of a knockout is you don't have to bitch about a judge's scorecard. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, I don't even have to listen to it. There's shit cards sometimes. Knockout is the only undisputed way to end a fight. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I I thought Bam Rodriguez showed that he was a little tired or maybe he took, you know, Israel a little too lightly, but I definitely thought he did enough to win. But not, not 118, 118, 109 and 117, 110. Like I saw this as like a 115, 112. Yeah. You know, somewhere like that I felt was right. 114, 113. I don't have a problem with that one either, uh, especially with the point deduction. But early on, like, here's what I'll say about the point deduction in that fight, too. For those that didn't watch it, Israel uh, Gonzalez takes one on the belt and then goes to the mat and starts like flailing away. Yeah, it was not that low. It was under I don't the know. belly button. Yeah, like I I think the ref should have called it a knockdown and started counting because then he tried to do it again later when it was on the horn, like a square dick shot. All right, <laughs> and then the ref wasn't gonna have it this time. He's like. Nah, I gave you one last time. I'm not giving it to you this time. But he didn't he didn't give him an eight count or yeah. anything. Like so then the what dude, was it? The dude fell to the mat. Start counting, you know, like yep. I, I didn't I didn't love that from Israel Gonzalez. Stay on your feet, do all the protesting you want, but on your feet. Yeah, the judging was bad. Tim Cheatham was the one that had the really bad scorecard, which I love because his name is Cheatham. And he yeah. screws up a lot. Like he screws up a lot. We see him doing a lot of cards. Uh, even even the announcers were like, "Did somebody let Adelaide Bird in here?" Like, right? That was funny. Yeah, and you know that's sad. That's sad that it's come to that point where we recognize judges that kind of suck at their job. But then on top of all of that, there were a lot of low blows, and there was like a lot of weird shenanigans. And so then the referee kind of sucked. And it's one that we usually like. Right? Uh, what's his name? Robert. Uh, you know, what? I don't know. It's the I actually, I actually take a, I think it's a compliment to him that I don't know his name right off the top of my head. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like we know Adelaide bird, you know, we know the, the shitty people. Yeah. Um, but we don't know this dude's name right off the top of our head, which is fine. I agree that he may have felt like, Oh, 
I should not have taken the the point deduction that other round. I'm sure afterwards he's like, I should have counted that dude. You know, like yeah, if I'm not totally. gonna if I'm not gonna take the point or call it a low blow, then the only other option I have is to call you know start counting. Yeah, it's not like he was saying that it was a slip or something like that. It was he had a bad angle on it, and so yeah, he should have started counting or call it another low blow. One of the two, a lot of the low blows were, I thought they were low, like enough to be able to at least give a warning, which he did. And then he kept swinging down low. So he took a point away. That's fine. But then my question is how the hell does a judge end up with the score being 118, 109, right? When there was all this other crazy stuff in between. So I don't know. And aside from all of that, Jesse Rodriguez is crazy young, which I always forget that. Like he's only 22 Right. He's already 16 and 0. He's had some huge fights. He's already got a belt. Like yeah. that's kind of nuts, too. He's got two legends on his resume already. You know what I mean? So the fact that he even got on this card, like I get it that you want to be on the big stage. You want to be on, you know, the Canelo Triple G trilogy fight. But maybe it was a little too soon after fighting Sora Rungs of I. Yeah. Uh, he still he still won the fight. It wasn't as easily as we've just seen him do in his last couple. Yeah. And if anything, there was a lot of questioning about how he felt about taking this fight and how he didn't really want to take this fight. His team kind of pushed him to take it. And I hope that's not true, but I could kind of see that in how he was fighting. It wasn't the usual Bam Rodriguez coming out guns blazing. And so, yeah, maybe he is tired and and hopefully, you know, he can get some kind of a rest or or get a fight that he is going to be up for because we don't need to see him half-assing it again. But uh, what do we have coming up next weekend? I think Shakur, right? Correct. Shakur Stevenson is fighting in uh, New Jersey mm-hmm. uh, coming up this next weekend. I think there's... Uh, yeah, he's fighting against Conceição. Yeah, he's fighting against the guy that's going to lose. I don't see that being a close one at <laughs> all. I don't know who's on that card, but I know Joe Joyce and Joseph Parker are fighting... On Saturday. Ah, uh, that I want to see a lot. Like that should be a lot of fun. Joe Joyce is a dude who just throws these gigantic lunch boxes at people and super athletic. I, I love that clip of him like doing a uh like a cartwheel in the ring. The dude is mm. incredible. So yeah, that is Saturday at uh, Manchester Arena. Are, are we gonna be taking in Floyd Mayweather versus Mikuru Asakura? I am not. I'm not watching any <laughs> uh, stupid exhibitions. I could give a shit. Kid Galahad's fighting. Maxie Hughes and Kid Galahad. Yeah, that should that's be fun. Uh, on DAZN as well. Uh, Hannah Rankin and Terry Harper are on that card. I will definitely oh, nice. be tuning in for that. TBA is fighting. That guy is always busy, that TBA. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm realizing? Floyd Mayweather is only five years older than Triple G. How crazy is that? There's only five years difference there. For some reason, I picture Floyd Mayweather being way older, like he's been retired for forever. And but I guess it hasn't been that long. Yeah, it hasn't been uh, hasn't been that long. And uh, you wouldn't know it from some of his fans. They they act like he's been, uh, you know, still taking real fights. Uh, He hasn't had a real fight since Pacquiao. Yeah, he. He retired at 49 and 0. I I will go to my grave knowing that. So, uh, yeah, we got a little bit coming up next weekend. I think it's enough that we can uh, package next weekend and the following weekend. Who do we got the following weekend, Franco? Isn't that Hunter Ben, uh, Sebastian putting the fun in Fundora against Carlos Ocampo? 
Nice. We're, we're going. Actually, I'm still going to cheer for Fundora. I don't know this Ocampo, but Sebastian Fundora is fun to watch. And uh, yeah, I think those are the only two cards are the Connor Ben versus Chris Eubank Jr. And then Sebastian Fundora. Uh, not sure who's on that undercard. I don't see anybody I recognize, though. I know that we're going to have a huge October where we got the uh, woman's card that we were really excited about for last week that got moved to October 15th. That's also when Deontay Wilder fights uh, Robert Helenus. Yep. Um, Haney Cambosos. Haney Cambosos is going on then. I think the 29th. That's uh, Loma versus uh, Loma. Yeah. Ortiz, comes back. Yeah. yeah. So anytime I get to see uh, Vasily Lambachenko in the ring, it's a treat. Oh, and um, Fritz, don't forget about Jake Paul and Anderson Silva. I know you're so hyped up for that one. <laughs> I've already already forgotten. That's the beautiful <laughs> thing. I love that Amanda Serrano is coming up. Uh, I think maybe this weekend I'll have to double check, but uh, yeah, she's coming up and I don't even have to watch the bozo that promotes her afterwards. So yeah, it's all coming up Fritz uh, (laughs) really Franco. So I don't know if you don't have anything else, Franco, I'm throwing in the towel. Thank you for listening to punches and punchlines. Make sure to like subscribe and follow, and we'll see you next week when we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor.